Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. And I'm Brian Lee O'Malley. Hello. Jim, we're going to be taking a look at uh, Generation X, issue number one, man. Uh, look at this amazing holofoil cover. <laughs> you have something to say about it? It's just, it's interesting watching this set up because it's such a, like, reflective surface and uh looks much better on screen than i expected it to it looks better than it does in real life yes like, like yeah from, that's exactly from, it. from my eyes to the to the cover it's such a bizarre like visual uh and they did a lot of covers like this like like they must have done one and either got a deal on it or were like <laughs> this is amazing let's do a bunch of these but this is wild looking and kind of fits this book and, and fits uh Bocciolo, Chris Bocciolo, Bocciolo. I think all, all three of us are going to call him something different, and it's no disrespect because we love the artwork. There's a lot. But of... we learned we learned his name when we were like 14 years old. So I mean, what are we going to do? Yes, uh, but there's a lot of blacks in his in his uh, designs, like especially in these costumes. You know, it's almost like a spandex or something. Yeah. And I feel like the darkness of this cover kind of uh, reflects that well. I think his his designs for for these uh, Generation X costumes. I think that's a good like sort of foreshadowing of like that Grant Morrison Frank White stuff where it's like it's not superheroes like and they got a lot of credit for that right and i'm thinking like you guys didn't see generation x comics a couple years back it's a pretty neat evolution of the of the costuming yeah 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 yeah, yeah i not... like the, i like the blue belt that's kind of central on this guy um it really draws the eye and it looks really cool this was very exciting to me as a, as a 14 15 year old for sure it was a great build-up and uh even when we were kids quote-unquote new mutants when you when you see your first New Mutants comic, it's it's in the '80s or something. So that's not your New Mutants, man. Uh, those those were old ass mutants to me, <laughs> and, and those comics were like scary. Like the Bill Sienkiewicz was was too much for me as a kid. Sure, I could I could I could totally see that, man. And you know, leave it to Jim Lee to go off, start his own company, and come up with a concept called Gen X, and fucking Marvel go, hold up, we have to see you real quick because. <laughs> you know, you got to cease and desist that that deal. And why the fuck did we not come up totally. with that ourselves? Quite frankly, it's a far superior name to Generation X. Yeah. You know, like it's the perfect name yeah. and then neither company gets to use it. <laughs> well, I, it was it was called Gen X at first, right? And they, they also had to cease and desist, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. And I think I think that X meant 10. So they're like, well, we're Gen 13 then. So that? okay, did you did you guys have any uh, knowledge of this artist before this issue? Because I know he was coming off of like Sandman. I didn't know anything about Sandman. Yeah, that was some direct market stuff. Like, you know, 94, 12 years old. Like, I don't I, I don't even know that I stepped foot into a comic book store yet. I pulled these off the racks at like uh, like Kmart. Um, so so I had no idea. This guy, um, Bacalo Bacalo. I actually wasn't feeling him at, at the beginning, man. It, it was it was a far rougher kind of style. It wasn't. I was used to that Jim Lee energy, and I wanted that Jim Lee energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very quickly, I started to uh, fall in step with uh, Bachalo stuff, and well, very quickly he evolved too. Yes. This issue looks nothing like four or five issues later. Yes, like nothing, and um, and I, I that was appealing to me too, actually, just watching him grow. But this issue, when I look back like at his earlier stuff, like this is much more like the death miniseries. Like it's it's more realistic proportions and faces, and um, and you know he's he was always super ambitious with his layouts, which I loved. But this this is definitely the first thing I ever saw of his. So this is after the Phalanx Covenant, and this is a pretty standard 
you know, boilerplate issue one, where we got all these new characters, all all the X-Men stuff that was building up, it's uh, it's come to fruition here. So we have all these new mutants in a new environment. Let's sell you on a couple pages of personality of each character, and then try to create some stakes at the very end of, of uh, the issue. First issues are always tough for that reason, especially if it's a team. When it fits the boilerplate, for sure. It's especially difficult. I feel like there's ways, man, but but uh, Scott Lobdell is not the guy to, to crack that. Though, no. rereading this, actually, uh, of the comics that we've read, like, this is this is my favorite of, uh, of, of those um, issues that we've read recently. It's not bad, um, but Lobdell, I flipped through a couple of these the other day, and, like, he kind of does the same thing every time. Like, yeah. every, every issue... It's a different perspective, a different narrator, but it's really the same shit. Sure. Yeah, totally. That's a pretty impressive, uh, like, for a two-page spread, I feel like that's that's an interesting choice. And I think it looks good. I think it's a good-looking character. Um, and it's it's good for, like, a, almost like a YA comic book, you know, as opposed yeah. to, say, Wolverine cutting somebody in half or something. Um, you know, this is a different book, and I, I think that two-page spread sets that tone pretty clearly yeah sure sure although i don't know if jubilee looks 13 is that what you said she's supposed to be <laughs> yeah in the pages here she's supposed to be 13 years old uh but but it's a beautiful drawing mm -hmm. it's, it's really a, nice it's a gorgeous drawing and then you know like let's ha let's have some youthfulness to these fucking characters that's the part that they seem to always miss in new mutants mm -hmm. i gotta tell you the color too i really like the color so far in this issue and, and, you know, even compared to that previous X-Men issue that, that sets this up, it feels like this, this is, is a different um, look for X-Men books. It's uh, Steve Bucciolato, um, and I later hired him to do Scott Pilgrim when I did um, a color section, because Scott Pilgrim was black and white originally, but I did a color section to kind of, like, imitate the manga style, and I got this dude because of this issue. I was just like, hell yeah. I kind of, I think maybe I... I don't know I, how I stumbled on him in, in that day. It was like maybe 2006 or seven, And I was just like, oh, this is this dude. And he was still a young dude. He's only a few years older than us. And um, yeah, he was great to work with. That's awesome, man. I think it's a smart choice for a book like this where you're trying to bring in like young characters. These aren't globe-trotting superheroes, at least not at this mm -hmm. point. Like doing a very natural color palette helps sell that idea of like regular people. For sure, for sure. I'm also noticing the way uh, that Chris Bichalo, uh tackles the, the jacket on Jubilee, which is obviously designed by Jim Lee, probably. It has a, like the Jim Lee-esque kind of collar, but he's adding like little doodads to it, and he's adding more detail to it, and it's I think it's really fun. Yeah. Still super early in the morning, uh, so she's got kind of uh, her PJs on, and look at her that. Her fuzzy dude. slippers. Remember, yeah. the, uh, remember the Simpsons joke? Ooh, you're... You're fancy. You drink Royal Crown Cola. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Chekhov's skin husk. Man, you don't introduce it in Act 1 if it doesn't pay off in Act 3. This feels mm -hmm. so much like Charles Burns' Black Hole to me. Mm. Um, just that little, oh, yeah. like these couple of panels and sort of the look of the skin hanging off of her hand there. Yeah. Combined with the background, like something about it really feels like that to me. Sharp as a needle inking from Mark Buckingham. I don't ever yeah. really think of him as an inker, man, but he's, you know, he's hitting his marks with, with this stuff. Oh, the two of them were great. Yeah, I have, I have like, a pretty substantial collection of their issues of this comic. Like, they, they did it for a long, long time. They came back a couple times. There's Monet, St. Croix. Brian, were you uh, so deep into this stuff that you saw the uh, made-for-TV movie? 
Oh, I'm sure I was super excited, but yeah, it was it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was like the worst thing ever, but I definitely was excited because that was pretty soon after this. Maybe it was a year later. It was yeah, it was pretty quick. It was it was like this was all set up for. You know, yeah, some... they probably thought that would be a big hit, but yeah, no no such luck. It was a big hit in the Piscor household, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> With Max Headroom as the villain. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Go back one. Is this a fisheye lens that we're seeing with the perspective curling? Like, looks that's like not it. a round building, right? Yeah, it looks like it, man. Yeah, he's doing something there. Well, you, it's it's kind of round in the next panel, panel too, actually, a little bit. Oh, um, right, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. So, who knows? It's, it's just a stylistic tick, really. It's another strong panel. You know, like, now you're introducing characters, so it's like each introduction, there's some... Uh, how do you make them look good? How do you do that, Jimmy? Like, uh, when you have your French curve, do you, like have your vanishing point and just make sure you do not move that French curve and just slightly keep tilting it down. Like, it seems like a very easy thing to screw up with a French curve. What you described would work if it's, if, if your French curve gives it to you. But a lot of times with a French curve, like you'll get like, um, maybe this much right. and then you're going to have to reset your French curve to get like yeah. the next angle. Oh. Like I was French curving some stuff just yesterday and it's, it's a lot of moving around, you yeah. know, like I'll French curve circles and it's like, you're going to reset that thing like three or four times. You wouldn't be able to do something where you're parallel doing like a series of you know parallel like perspective lines with it unless it's a small gap that you use the same angle there's that other thing that like flex curve thing mm. you know what i'm talking about i do i've never used i used, that I used to use one of those like a blue it was like a blue <laughs> rubber thing with like a metal core yeah i used to use that in scott pilgrim days i don't know where it went What's that but i mean i would mostly fake it when i would do like a fisheye type thing like you know i'm just a faker <laughs> It's a good substantial looking banshee right there, man, pointing his prow right at the camera in a, yeah. in a mansion full of teenage girls. What's up, <laughs> ladies? <laughs> One good thing with his body type there is he looks wider and bigger. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't look like he doesn't look like a 14 year old boy. And look at these. I mean, these are teenage girls, man. Little Yentas. <laughs> talking that yeah, shit it's it's really nice like and they kind of yeah, he's like he looks middle aged compared to them. And that's good. That's a good look. Nice comedic beats with and and he doesn't do a bad job at communicating the different kind of personality types and things mm -hmm. uh like if the comic was all this i would be happy you know that's why you got to get your jillian tamaki super mutant magic academy joints right to like, right right to like because she has done better x-men comics than anybody else has in 40 years well i just want to point out the bottom left panel on that page please because i feel like this is the this is the pose that Chris Michello always does this like over the shoulder with the handout. Like I, for some reason I always associate that pose with him and he draws it all the time. Anytime I draw that pose, I think of him. He has the, um, Jamie Hewlett finger, uh, uh knuckle spirals mm. that, that I like yeah. to incorporate into my stuff a lot. When we start yeah. to get to this chamber character, it becomes a razor line, Clive Barker, like goth, Comedy. like the whole style changes yeah i mean isn't it, chris pachalo is like uh hey he's canadian but i always associate him with british stuff because of uh sandman and stuff and then this is like you know his like brit character it's so it's so interesting it's so tonally different yeah we talk about hard things to draw this entire page like like people interacting sitting on an airplane is that what they're on a train airplane no thank train. you right. i don't want any parts of that and uh it does really well at the you know these characters going back and forth looking at each other and stuff that is hard to draw yeah and he set it up in a way where he doesn't have to draw too much perspective like that establishing shot in the top right 
It's really well chosen. The the woman is kind of blocking half of it, and it's it, you get the idea without him having to really go all in. The the best of those guys who could handle that monthly schedule, they figured out those tricks. I was gonna say like this is a guy who's got some pages under his belt to figure out how to block a scene like this. It's a lot yeah. of information on one page, and it's all clear. And I think he still oh. got the royal crown cola going. <laughs> I think that's a motif. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and plus half the page is black, so that that you don't have to draw the black parts either. I mean, you just have to fill them in. Put, just put an X on there for for your uh, for Buckingham. And Buckingham yeah. looks like he's doing interesting stuff. If he if he's not cutting in some of these uh, sheen pieces with white media, maybe he's using uh, like a frisket or something while he's there, doing. There's got to be some white. Those those veins on the left look very like white over black. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. For sure, man. Every all of our guys are getting a page or two, man. So here we got. Uh, who's our big guy here? Is, is he Mondo? No, no, Mondo doesn't come until later. I don't uh, remember what this guy's called. It's I don't a good remember what he does either. <laughs> I mean, the circles. Yeah, this whole scene is full of circles, which is crazy. I think he's got that's that, a tough layout. He's got that same power that so many of those guys have, where it's like I'm gonna absorb your powers and then shoot it back at you. He's kind of like a bishop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Angelo is this other new character who's like, uh, he's drawn so weird at the first few issues, but the way he's drawn keeps changing. Yeah, even with that teaser image that would be seen in those earlier comics, like, Bacciola was like figuring that stuff out, like, on the fly. Like, let me try to find mm -hmm. one of these pieces, man. I once spent something like six hours looking for the um, Deadliest Man Alive Count Dante ad so that I could run a 5 or 10% grade, you know, screen of it as if it were coming through a page, like bleeding through from the back side <laughs> of the page. Talk about a wasted Saturday. Yeah, here it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, look at the, the way skin is drawn, even in like the preview image. Uh, being a couple of guys, three guys who have been in the comics game for a hot minute, when you have to like churn out that Amazon thumbnail of what your cover is going to look like and you know it's not the real thing, like... Bob Harris is like, we got a character called Skin, draw him real quick. You could figure it out later. Because, it, I mean, even from here to here is a pretty big departure. This yeah. is so bizarre. Like, it's such a depiction of, like, a stretch power as opposed to, like, just skin that's coming off. You know, like, these fingers are, like, elongating yeah. as opposed to, like, oh, I just have a bunch of skin drooping off of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, had to tone that, They had to tone that down a little bit on the uh, that made-for-TV movie when they had that... Art Institute of Pittsburgh, computer <laughs> graphics, skin stretching. I think they, the budget could afford maybe two scenes of that. Also, there's, there's what I'm talking about, yes. the Jamie Hewlett spiral finger, uh, finger knuckles. Yep. Love that shit. This was also a character that I always think he looks so much older. And mm -hmm. it makes sense you have your skin drooping down over his face. But for a bunch of like, you know, 13 year olds, he looks old. Really good visual stuff with... Uh, the bald dude and Angelo tiny getting tied up together. Yeah. Well, because he's absorbing his power, so they're both like they're both doing the same thing now. Yeah. Yeah, man. And and for some reason, there's always like a little LGBT. He makes a rainbow. Flag yeah. Flag following him. Maybe, maybe he's from Asgard. Maybe maybe yeah. he laid the brick man to the rainbow road to get you to Asgard. She always is like laissez-faire. Monet is man, but we're gonna see a nice little character piece where she breaks kayfabe and and will like allow herself to joke uh to, to like have a smile you know, i'm she... super impressed with like page after page of this comic it feels like every original would be a really nice piece yeah and also uh i see a lot of art adams in some of these 
in a lot of these characters. Absolutely. So you see it a lot with uh, with Banshee, like that mouth with that um, dash in the middle where the line is not connected. That is mm -hmm. an invention of like the Art Adams, Michael Golden school of superhero comic making. Yeah. Yeah, and that like jowl, that that particular face, I Ab love it. Absolutely. It's a great drawing of Emma in the corner too. Love that. So gorgeous, and and uh, this is early enough that uh, I'm wondering, do we have a zip screen there, like one of those like bullshit zips that you could get for fifty cents? Because who, what do you do with it, or is that some kind of Mac Paint? Uh, it it does kind of look like the latter. Yeah, it does look like kind of some kind of early computer graphic kind of thing. Yeah. If anything, it's it might be a paste up because there's that white it out could be. on the edges. Well, I I have a prop for later that I will show you. Um, oh man, it's very interesting. Very excited. Um, yeah, these these pages with the whole cast are really well done, well balanced. The little um, c computer sequence that that makes me think of Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah, I was oh, gonna yeah. say make some CMYK comment about their control center there. That's beautiful. Cut to a different... Oh, go ahead, Brian. No, yeah, I was just going to cut to the same thing. This car is, is beautiful. It's so big. I like this car a lot. It looks... I mean, he lightboxed a photo for that. Yeah, it has that photograph uh, perspective. and it's. It, it, but it still looks amazing. Like having the big giant grill in the front and everything, it just works. And, and just that black presence on the page... It's excellent. It's a new yeah. scene. Uh, you get your... I mean, this is ominous figures. Of look, course. Look at that guy. DOA. Yeah, it's evil driver. Yeah, this, this is fun stuff. This is like... And it's, it's tonally so different uh, that it's really exciting. Semiotics 101. It's like, here comes the black hat. Right. We've yeah. got our villain. And that's a cool look. Uh, and the way he dresses Jubilee here, like in kind of like casual like slacks like it's not something jim lee would have drawn her in which i love yeah really good hair too he like he like he's not faking that man like i've seen people with that kind of hairstyle running around at that point being able to draw you know several different hairs is impressive because i think this is a very believable treatment mm -hmm. of long hair this looks like another light boxed car and now i'm starting to feel this manga vibe yeah. because we have like a screen tone behind uh emma frost in the one panel or what looks like a screen tone and now a couple of these cars where it's like doesn't it feel like manga where it's like it's perfect the technical piece is perfect yeah 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 they're... and that, that house in the background yeah it's it's very the backgrounds are very dense in a manga like way which i love yeah the the beauty of just you know these buckingham and bachalo doing the work is you can you could take these these elements you could like box a car or something but that's the same ink line as the as the characters mm -hmm. like it's all there's a gestalt to the whole piece and here's like mm -hmm. that little bit of uh monet's characterization that i that i really appreciated where you know she's r reasonably stoic most of the time uh she um starts to break a little bit as the team rolls away she allows herself a little glimmer of humanity. I think it says a lot about the character, and I think it's a good job on the creators to, to, to add a little bit of that, uh, which was just completely lacking. Now, Brian, you said that, you know, Bachalo, like, like he evolved so, so much, but I think that this is like an indicator of, uh, of, yeah. of how, how a style um, evolves. Like, you see it a lot in the Gateway character. Yeah, he starts drawing really big heads as time goes on. Um, there's a great drawing of Wolverine a few issues later when he comes to visit that is just like the proportions are so wild. Um, 
and it's just I you know there was no explanation for it I was like what is he doing it's brilliant um, but yeah as, as a kid like this this stuff really appealed to me just like the mix of tones and the mix of styles you think he's gonna promos on Rob Liefeld or somebody right there <laughs> that looks like something it, it kind of does this also looks like a repeat of our uh, Emma Frost background pattern it does yeah oh, it is it's the same you're right absolutely this i wonder this uh this villain guy like is this a paste up with some weird kind of xerography happening or something i don't know i i looked at that and looked at that and i can't tell you what it is exactly but xerox did come to mind like there's some quality to some of the lines and marks on. i that always guy. wondered yeah it looks like it was kind of dry brushed and xeroxed and dry brushed and xerox like it, it's got that like scratchy yet high contrast look yeah maybe even blown up yeah, something. You know, drawn smaller than blown up because the like, line look, look at the different. top right. The top right, those lines that are kind of like inverse lines or something. Yeah. And the scratchiness. Yeah, I, I, it's really interesting. I, I tip my hat to these guys coming up with a very unique visual look for a new villain. Right. Well, and this is also like one of the first CG color issues. So it's like they know they can do some like translucent stuff. They know they can do more with the color. So it, it's he's having fun with both the ink and the color. Did did Bachelot do anything on Ghost Rider twenty ninety nine? Yeah. Okay. Covers at the very least. Is that after done... that or before? I think it's before. Think it's before this. Because yeah. this feels like some of the stuff from that. Yeah. I've never read that, but I do know that he was on that for a time. Yeah. Yeah. Brendan McCarthy type backgrounds right there. Getting a uh, computer to do some coloring yes. right there. <laughs> yes. What See, does this filter do? More of that oddness with this character you know like there's stretch and squash mm -hmm. happening like there's definitely something happening here yeah isn't isn't it kind of like what otomo did in akira like kind of like the plane of the photocopier or something like just just skewing stuff yeah it's really cool yeah man this is where like art adams is in mind yeah like he's mm -hmm, he's filling mm -hmm. in on a panel pinch hitting <laughs> I like the one on the left, too, where he's got his sunglasses down. He's doing this thing. That's uh, right below you. Oh, uh, right, right, right. He's peeking out. Yeah, that's a good good panel. This is right out of, like, an MTV kind of video. You know, th this would be the Vertigo offices would see this panel and be like, why'd we let him go? Yeah, Shelly Bond is like, <laughs> yeah. get him back over here immediately. Well, and, and he gets he gets into these really small panels as it starts getting more uh, towards this action scene. And it gets more suspenseful. And he's doing these, like, black borders and... Yeah, it was all it was all just very eye-opening to me. It does feel like it stands out at a time when so much was derivative of image. This stuff looks like its own thing. <clears throat> all right. So our British fella Chamberman, he just got off, he just landed and he's already getting hassled. Welcome to America, son. Yeah. Um I always love the way that this guy's legs are drawn once his legs come out. He has these weird like metal armor legs oh yeah right that's really cool like a herringbone um, but just texture. just the whole thing like i said like the small panels the panel where his banshee's mouth opens is just like a silent scream i love that the pacing is just very very well done um and this actually is the page that i own which one on the left oh sick page 22 it's it's in a frame, so I don't know if we're gonna be seeing it on the camera, but I can send you guys a scan later. Um, how, where's the best place to put? Where's my camera? Nice man. It looks so sharp. 
that bottom panel with the spatter like that's the, oh dude that looks so sick there really is some stuff lost in the color with which is like the dark tones that's awesome man it looks good as an original it does it looks perfect not too much weight out used tom huh? buckingham gets all the lines down right the first time yeah it's it's um so what there is like it's i don't know how old this is 25 years old or whatever but there's some like discoloration because the it's computer lettering, but it's paste up. It's yeah. all paste up, print out computer lettering. So it's the era where computer lettering just started and they haven't really integrated the process. Um, but I'll, I'll let me look at it close and call out whatever I'm looking at. Yeah. Because um, it's really, it's hard to see on camera. Maybe we'll paste it in after with the scan. Um, yeah, all, every b balloon is pasted up and whatever glue they used is turning brown over the years. Sure. Um, you can see the pencil lines, gray pencil, and, um, yeah, the inks are so tight. There's a little note on the side. Uh, it says, Bucky, a little splatter last panel to highlight tears in jacket and broken floor. So, yeah, and then you can see, like, in this panel, there's white out. Yeah, so good. Anyway, yeah, so we'll, 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 I'll show you a scan of that, but, like, it's, um... It's gorgeous work. It's it's truly art, and I'm I'm you know I'm really happy to own that one. But um, hard to believe I, that that they could churn that out twenty two pages of that every every uh, four weeks. It looks so rigorous. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, and that's just one page, you know. That's so interesting to me too to think that they're pasting up your lettering at that stage because like clearly this is digital color, so it's going through, you know, like it's probably being delivered to the printer as digital files, and yet we're still piecing this all together from some old stuff i do remember reading like the color department was all like they're the technicians so they're responsible for like scanning the stuff for scanning yeah to do the computer mm -hmm. color so i think that that, that, that might be the issue and certainly at the pittsburgh comic-con like 993 94 like you you're definitely seeing like that paste up uh lettering for sure i want to po point out this pose again twice here top left uh, uh yeah. what's his name and then jubilee does it and then actually if you flip to the previous page he's doing it again uh behind banshee in this like rainbow panel right <laughs> it's just like i think that's just his default like he'll draw a shoulder and he'll draw a head and i've done that for con sketches and stuff it's a great pose to draw because it's it's pretty minimal <laughs> and it's not that hard to, to it's it's pretty hard to fuck up it's, it's funny because i am thinking about the times that i've done that kind of thing it's so funny now because I'm I'm seeing like versions of it in these other in these yeah. other places. Like he, even I your, just feel like he goes out. shoulder first. <laughs> so now we get to see what what was hiding underneath his uh, his COVID nineteen mask, dude. Yep. And this yeah, is so interesting. he's just got a hole. Yeah, this is interesting because there's no spatter. There's no bells and whistles they're they're doing it in line like the very first time you see it in a real way they're doing it in line and it kind of is a little impotent actually because like when you see these close-ups when he's you know just showing his little bit while he's on the airplane and stuff and you just see all the promise of that uh you know you see all the promise of that twinkle and all that and then when you see it like that maybe consequence of that deadline we're getting to the last pages of the issue you guys were putting in a lot of work early Maybe yeah, you can see you can see Bucky's doing like little spirals in the corners and stuff, but yeah. it's it's not quite as impactful. It's it's a like a star is that the deal or a black hole or something is is that what he's supposed to have in there? I don't remember, but yeah, he has some kind of like 
void inside and um but i love this figure drawing the the huge hands and all the black like it's this was still very impactful super interesting costume like like what is that you know but it, it looks per it looks perfect there was a girl the girl who saw the little twinkle stuff she she says something like to her mom he must have some bionuclear fusion blah blah blah, blah. like all those oh, like big yeah. crazy words to describe <laughs> that's what some, it is. that's some job del dialogue right there. <laughs> <laughs> the textures on that villain's face dude uh shades of Toddlebin. that's exactly who comes to mind and, and buckingham did that cup of coffee over there man on miracle man after after uh Alan Morla. Yeah, I mean, he, so he did, he did right. the Neil Gaiman joint. Yeah, Bucky is actually British, right? Like this dude. Yeah. So they're a team, uh, overseas team. Oh, dude, that's like the uh, Vampire Hunter D hand. Yeah, the hand and the mouth and the hand. Classic image with all that energy. Yeah, I always loved these costumes. I love the way he would draw the boots, um, in particular. Like when you see them from the side, they're just they're a really interesting design. That was huge for me. I like a lot oh, of his here's... panel compositions. These kind of choices to have, say, a big character taking up a chunk of, of, of the panels and stuff. I've seen mm -hmm. that a few times in this issue, and I think it always works pretty well. Yeah. No mistake in this time. We were looking at Spawn 8, and there was some confusion about, like, are you supposed to read it all the way across? Or are you supposed to read the page? But I think very clearly, like, they give us a strip of imagery yeah. like you read this and then you read this is the you know last panel of the page yeah it's a good note it's almost a double border or a double mat around that top panel so yeah. uh no, no confusion there yeah that's one of the i feel like this is one of the better ways to approach a two-page spread like that you kind of just section it off really really clearly you have to have to because like uh, very often it, it's confusing you read the whole sequence two times to see how you're supposed to do it properly there, there was a time in Scott Pilgrim where I did a two-page, and, like, where Emma Frost is in this two-page, like, uh, you know, I kind of had someone, like, right on the spine. Mm. And in a comic, it's okay, but in a graphic novel, it, it was going to get completely sucked in. So I had to erase the central character. And, yeah, it's a, that doing a two-page spread is, like, a whole discipline of its own. It is, man. Like, like, and you know what? I mean, the best thing to do, it really is abide by the blue line grids of the professionally set up like marvel pages yeah. because they're letting you know don't put anything important like within this like inch and a half yeah. two inches of real estate and certainly no dial like no words yeah. zero of that it's hard to get to get there when you're starting out like they're definitely in scott pilgrim volume one there's a few word balloons that like go off the top of the page and stuff you just don't know yet yep Comic isn't finished till you see it in print, man. And when you do, you got to make some amendments for the next round. Yeah. Now that's a scary bad mother effort right there. Yeah, that I mean that makes me think of um, of uh, Mad Max. Uh, you know the new Mad Max, that character. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then doing some of that Xerox effect. Yeah. yeah. That I is. didn't see any. I didn't see any on the page that I own, unfortunately. Like, so I don't have any like context. This this whole page is just pure ink on him. There's none of these special effects. Yeah, some oh, of well. that too could just—I don't know—the computer color. It's interesting. When we when yeah, we talk I mean, I would just love to see an original of this and see if it's paste up or see yeah, what it is. Totally. And uh, you know, let's—you got to have your like Scooby Doo ish or you know like the villains debriefing. 
planning their next round of uh, trauma, their next scheme, their next caper, and they live in a lighthouse. <laughs> That's what we're and, discussing. Oh, yeah, and th this is our cliffhanger. Um, I love this panel on the right with, not the way, uh, Gateway is cool, but, like, I love the background, the house, and they're running out and all these leaves. It's just a really, really nice panel. Yeah, real designy leaves. Yeah, the leaves are a nice touch. It's, it's one of those things we talk about how to create depth in a panel, and I feel like that's a, that's a good way to do it. Here's another, like, Terror Inc., Jorge Zafino set of panels. He looks, yeah. you know, like, much cooler there than when we were seeing the oranges. Exactly. Like for that, exactly. I don't know what, fire breathing or whatever. I, I also love all these small drawings of Emma here. Like, this silhouette he gave her with, like, the blazer and, like, the, you know, scantily clad things underneath like that. That just looks great. It's a great update on the character. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Once again, another good gateway. But then, yeah, this ad right here tells you, like, what was the position of X-Men in the culture? Like, this is what people thought of as X-Men. These guys squandered an amazing property that had so much life and so much popularity to the point that people are, little kids are wearing Avengers gear. Like, could at this yeah. era, could you imagine anybody saying that they were like an avengers reader you would you would call that person a contrarian or you're some yeah. kind of poser or you're just trying to be different or you just suck yeah. <laughs> but i mean it's impossible to explain that even to like a 30 year old now like yeah. they just don't they're just like that's not their world it's kind of what the avengers did though because like when the avengers were terrible when we were kids or whatever it's like black knight and I don't even know who, who else is on the team, but nobody that you would look at and be like, that's an A-list character. Yeah. And it's kind of what we saw in the beginning of the, you know, like that phalanx crossover. It's like, where are all the X-Men that I recognize? You right. know, it was that B and C list and noob characters. So it's kind of repeating that Avengers pattern. Here goes uh, the introduction of uh, a penance in the uh, final splash there. Lest we forget that this is a new era of... Uh, computer technology where you got like Richard Starkings and all those people doing the lettering. <laughs> You've got to get a million different fonts on every page. But man, can we speak to nineteen middle 1990s graphic design Yeah. when we have this yeah. sketchbook section <laughs> where the designer defies you to be able to read a fucking sentence. Yes, I was so mad trying to read this back matter. Yeah. Th this next page where they cover up Jubilee with other bad drawings, like... It sorry the next page after you flip uh like why you do that <laughs> the good drawing is under the bad drawings it's so it's under weird. the roughs at least they have black backgrounds behind the lettering on this stuff yeah. so you could read that jubilation lee is 13 and a half 13 and a half my ass well i mean <laughs> but i was probably 13 and a half so it's it's like you know we we have a very different perspective now it looks like these were great drawings that they're they're coloring with too. Yeah, I like these kind of drawings. I always lived for this kind of stuff when you would get to see a little bit of the sketchy, uh, you know, some kind of unfinished drawing. So let's just invert it, right, and give you a hundred percent cyan on top of like brown. Look at the way it looks <laughs> on screen compared to it looks better yeah. on on the video than it does like in, with our own two eyes. Yeah, it's wild. Well, that's my theory on all modern comics you know the way they look in print is it's always approved from these screens and it's just not what it looks like look at that letter <laughs> it's the worst example what the fuck man red over purple yeah it's impossible 
That's why we don't remember this guy's name. <laughs> yeah, that's goddamn right, man. And then just like this black on top of this stuff, this like this thin line work behind this lettering. It's like I'm done with you, Suzanne Gaffney. You gotta hang up your design tools, man. <laughs> You're done. It's over for yeah. you. But that's so 90s. That's so typical of like, not like magazines like Esquire and like that kind of shit. It'd be the shit that you would get at Ides. Like it's it's Ray Gunn and David Carson, and this is like 94, I think. Which it's it's perfect timing for that. Yeah. Like she probably went on to have some great career, uh, you know, doing cutting edge desktop publishing kind of design work. Mm -hmm. But man, there's some choices in this particular back matter. <laughs> it's just you, you, red you on purple. You can see the uh, the non foil version of the cover over here real small yeah man that's interesting stuff beyond the foil i mean go ahead. i was just gonna say the the foil reminds me the way the foil comes out reminds me of the way you used white in um in grand design like mm. it, it's just but when you look at the original there's all this red and you know orange and gradients in there so that's all lost yeah yeah it's interesting that they would print on that stuff and just the whole tactility of it it yeah. like doesn't feel good <laughs> I don't like it. Like, like it's yeah, it's some kind of plastic that, you know, it's like one of those kinds of plastic that can never tear or something. Uh, it Try feels, tearing it. It feels Try insubstantial. Yeah. <laughs> you tear yours. Yeah. <laughs> um. I yeah. I can't remember what my first foil cover was. I don't remember. Maybe there was an earlier X Men, because I remember I did a foil cover, that I just used tin foil from the kitchen, uh, when I because when I used to make comics, I got to like number twenty five of my comic and I um. Uh, and I did a tinfoil cover, and it was terrible. It That's was just amazing. a huge mess. That is amazing. <laughs> Brian, do you still have like all those like kid comics? Yeah, I do. They're in a binder somewhere. Oh, yeah, they were they were from a couple years before this. Like in middle school, like I said, like my best friend and I would just draw comics in the back of class all day, and it was just like X Men ripoffs, and we'd call it a parody, but it's not actually funny. Right. I love it, man. Yeah. I I gotta, I gotta see some of that stuff. That's the, that... that's the first kids comic I've heard of with a foil cover. Yeah, 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 totally. It's impressive. <laughs> you know, it's literally like I had to like staple. I think parts of it because it was just like <laughs> it was just tinfoil on a binder paper, like it was just coming off. I love that so um, much, I, dude. I do have this that I found. Um, my drawing of penance from probably around the same time as this. That's fucking gorgeous, dude. I don't know if it's dated, um, but yeah, it was like in ninth grade, I think. Color pencils. Yeah, it's like. Uh, I don't know what it, it looks like. I inked it with some kind of brush pen. Oh, it says six ninety five. Okay, June ninety five. This is like a year later. Um, How old I'm, were I'm you? I'm so bad at backers. I was um, probably sixteen at this point. Oh man, we would have been such oh, bros. The, it's a good looking yeah. piece. I mean, I was, and then look at me copying that Comicraft lettering in the corner, <laughs> and, and my signature Mal. It's all like it's got a gradient on it. <laughs> you can really, you can hardly tell, but like, yeah, that was the signature that was the way box was important. Things. Yeah, Brian, do you, you know what? We'll, t we'll we'll look at it in the next video if you got that Shatterstar yeah. piece. Oh yeah, I do. I mean, do you want me to just throw those up? Nah, right. nah, save it. Okay, <laughs> save next it. time. We, 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 this is show business, man. You gotta leave them wanting yeah, yeah. more. You gotta leave yeah. them wanting more. Uh, so fun going through this Generation X. I love that you have a page from from this issue illustrating that we're not faking the funk here, man. You believe in this shit. <laughs> You're, you 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 worship at the altar of the uh, Chris Bachalo, Mark Buckingham, Generation X comics, and it was a pleasure to go through this stuff with you, man. Hell yeah, guys! Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell; we'll notify you when new vids are available. What is out there, Jimmy? 
Hulk Grand Design. Tell your local comic shop you want one of those. Tell your local comic shop you want all four of those. Pick the cover of your choice uh, and, and let them know to pre-order that book. This is when we actually sell the comics at this stage. So need your help, kayfabers. Uh, let those comic shops, if you're planning to buy a copy and you have a good shop, let them know ahead of time that you, uh, you want to reserve that copy. It will make a difference in how they order. And uh, we appreciate that difference. You can also follow me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where I am putting together basically my process zine of making the Hulk grand design. So uh, if you're interested in how I actually make these comics, you can find a lot more of that stuff, original art behind the scenes at my Patreon. Red Room, the anti-social network. Uh, trade paperback is in stores right now. About 70 pages of extra material to go along with the four issues of the anti-social network that, uh, that were out in 2021. But we're into a new year, man. 2022 is going to see the publication of Red Room Trigger Warnings, beginning with issue number one uh, on March 9th at your local comic shops. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Every issue completely self-contained, uh, going to be coming out on a monthly basis. Four of those will compile together to create the, uh, the, the Red Room Trigger Warnings season of uh, comic books. You can read these comics before they hit paper at my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor. Uh, we have links to our link trees in the description directly below this video where you can get to all that stuff. What else, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Give them those margin orders. We're going to be on our way. Read more comics. <laughs>